Hey, how y'all doing? Back again another episode of the It Factor. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Robinson, and today we have someone special. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. How you doing, John Abraham? Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. So uh, before we start, man, just a pleasure to see you, bro. I seen you a few weeks back, and I was just like, I got to reach out and uh, break them on my platform. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on today. But in that, I would say, uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, man I'm, doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, no real complaints. Uh, taking every day, day by day. Um, just trying to do more with the kids, trying to get out of the house more. Started working out a little bit, you know, just getting back into life. Nothing real special right now. Nothing too entertaining, I guess, to talk about. Got you, got you. All right, man. So, and I would say, you know, um, while you were in the league and things of that nature, uh, what are some things that happened to you to make you say, you know, I should have been more self-sufficient and I should have kind of learned some things on my world of growing up and different things of that nature? Uh, mostly were the people I hung around and pretty much giving my control to people that I really shouldn't have trusted. I can say a lot of times when we get put in situations, we put a lot of ourself into other people. Um, a big thing I think for me was even making it pro was just a recognition I wanted from people. I wanted people to see that I was good at something, to see that, you know, I can really do this thing at a good level. Because I think anything you can do at a good level, you want people to know about it, whether it's if you're a contractor, you want to see people see the places you built. Mm. Or, so, and you know, my, I guess my artwork was my football play. So I wanted as many people to know me as a football player. I didn't really care as much about the glims and the gladder of, of the NFL. I just wanted people to see, you know, you know, I really am good at something. <laughs> definitely. I can yeah. understand that. I definitely understand that. Even me being podcast host and being an engineer, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people ask me, like, man, how you stay consistent? How you do this stuff? A lot of this time, I do stuff myself. Or, like, I get up and have to do this throughout the day. And a lot of people are like, man, I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's just something I like to do. It's definitely a gift and a curse, man. I think I think one thing, um, I think it's getting better now because we're – a lot more people are recognizing the, the, the scam artists or the people that are not good in the NFL or in the NBA or in any kind of major league sport – a lot of the characters that have been, I guess, taking advantage of young guys and doing certain things have a lot of been weeded out. So I think that's a, a good thing the NFL has done and the NFLPA. They've done a good job of weeding the, the bad guys out, I guess you can say. Got you. Got you. So, in that, man, tell me some of the joys, you know, of playing in the NFL and also, like, uh, from you being drafted to the last game you played in. I think the the biggest joy of getting in the NFL, and I think for anyone in life, even with you, what you're doing in life now, is to complete the dream that you always wanted to live. Mm-hmm. You know, to get to that, to get to that simple thing that you work for. Like the moment you think about something in your life you want to do, that's when your journey starts. And my journey started probably when I was a kid, you know, wanting to be an athlete, wanting to do something, then getting the opportunity to practice it, then get an opportunity to play it, and then end up going to the highest level they have at it. I mean, so you, you can't really knock anything about that. So the biggest thing for me getting to the NFL was just that release. And I think a lot of times that's the big thing we get. You know, we can, like I said, the journey is great, but when you finally get to where you want to go, you can just finally relax. You can, like, 
uh, take a breath. So getting to the NFL for me was that. It wasn't even the money stature that I really was chasing. It was more of just the dynamics of having people like me for something that I was doing. You know, like a lot of times, a lot of stuff is selfish, but this is more for like, I wanted people to know that I'm good at this thing. Like I said earlier, and I think um, my first game was pretty crazy, you know, but my last game, it was tough because I knew then I had mental issues. You know, I knew then that I was, something was wrong with me and I ended up getting a concussion in that game, my last game, and it ended up being the last one of my career. I mean, I didn't know it, but something didn't feel right that whole day. Something didn't feel right that whole week. Something didn't feel right that off season. It was just like something just didn't feel right. And I got in the game and got another concussion and it ended up being the end of my career. So that's, that's a tough way to go because I think any man, any person, when you leave a job, you don't want to get fired. You don't want to get like, well, some people do want disability, but you don't want disability. You want you want to walk away from the job. If you truly love the job, it's not a job. So it's something that you love to do. You want to walk away from when you feel like it. When you feel like, okay, I'm drained, I'm done. I'm ready to move on to something else in life. But uh, that was taken away from me from my, you know, from, I guess, my injuries. And I want to say it was a bad thing because I did get 15 years. Um, 15 years seemed like maybe three months, man, like 15 years went so fast that I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it. Like I wanted to, even though it was 15 years, people can say like, man, I enjoyed it. Da, 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 da. But looking back, I was like, man, I, I didn't appreciate the sport. Like I should have. Got you. Got you. So in that, man, what is your it factor? Why you do what you do? Jolie. That's one on right there. Amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's my, my six-year-old. Uh -huh. I got a 14-year-old and I got a 21-year-old. So now the reason why I'm still here, the reason why I'm still fighting to get better, the reason why I'm, you know, the reason why I slow down a lot, man. I had to slow down a lot. And I'm not talking about just partying and drinking and stuff like that. I, mean, I had to slow down. I had to literally, I had to get a smaller house. I had to trim down to one car. I had to clear my closet because when you lose your memory, when you suffer memory loss or when you suffer like head trauma, a lot of times the more stuff you have to handle, the worse you are because you have to think about so much. So I had to simplify my life to the aspect. Like I, I know I got one key. I know I got one phone. I know I got one. So I had to break a lot of stuff down. That, like before I could juggle all that stuff. And then with this last injury is like, and it was tough, man. I was trying to be the same person. I was trying to be like this super happy person and faking to everybody like I was living good and I was doing this. You know, I was I had all the perks. And I think I, I heard Mike Epps said this. He was talking about I had all the perks of being able to buy cars, being able to do this, being able to do that. But end of the day, I wasn't healthy. I wasn't I wasn't in my right mind. So everything I was doing for not. So two and a half years ago. I decided, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. I decided I'm going to start doing treatment. Like, and this is mental treatment. Like, when I say treatment, the first people think, like, oh, you was an alcoholic. I definitely had alcohol problems, but my problems came from my mental issues. When, when, when I started handling my mental issues, that's when, you know, I didn't have to worry about alcohol. If, if, if I would have done that earlier in my life, I don't think alcohol would have been an issue. But, every, you know, you hear it so much about, oh, man, I'm having a bad day. I need a drink. Oh man, this happened. I need a drink. Oh, I'm having a good time. I need a drink. So me, I didn't start drinking till I was 22, and I pick up a lot of bad habits from being injured. 
when I was injured a lot, only thing I could do is like sit around the house and drink or sit around the house and do things like that. And you understand you're 22, 23 years old. You have a lot of money, mm-hmm. not a lot of free time. You can't really move around. You can't go out. You can't do anything. And, and you don't know how to handle depression. You don't know how to handle being alone. You know what I mean? Like just being in the house. You, 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 and for me, it was more of like, I take things hard. You know, some people, some people can take mistakes easy. I take mistakes are like, I'm just the worst person in the world. And it's just a mindset that I think I created um, younger. And then it kind of went away when I got older. When you start doing something you like and you love and and you can always be repetitive. Then when I think, I think when the concussion started happening and I probably didn't even notice it because I was dealing with it for so long Mm -hmm. that it just basically came incorporated in me. And I didn't even know, I didn't know I was so incorporated of it. I didn't know. I, I I always believed that people said they had depression or anxiety. I didn't know what the hell that was. I thought people were lying. I thought they was trying to find a way to get out of a situation they was in and they just didn't like. So I always I always just looked down on people when I saw like, oh, this person's like this or this person like that. Now I feel super bad because I'm like, I think I, I I curse myself talking about everybody else. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's definitely a real thing, and I and it's something that uh, I'm working on every day. You know, um, I don't know how long I'm gonna be in this this world left, but I'm going to try to strive to get better every day. You know, just even, even if it's not for me, it's just, you know, so I can be better around my kids. I can be better around people, you know, speaking engagements, you know, I can be better just, just being an example in another way compared to being an example before on the football field. I can be an example in life that, you know, just because you made it to the highest spectacle of life and even seeing, you seeing people on TV now, so many people are committing suicide at high levels. It's not just people you see that are homeless. It's not people you see that are are struggling. It's just you'll see a regular guy. I think the guy that on what started Dave and Buster's, mm-hmm. like yeah, like like dude, like he started Dave and Buster's and his life wasn't going like he planned. Right. And I think a lot of times we don't if life not going as we plan instead of us trying to adjust to what we're going through or to work through it. Especially when you get to a high level, you don't feel like you can go back down to that level and start back over. That's a big that's, that's that's a big piece of life that you got to work on. Got you. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I have it now being an adult and losing my mom uh, last year really hit me because it's like, dang, depression real. And like you said, like for a long time, it's like until things happen to you, you never think that like, oh no, nah, that ain't true, man. You just doing it. You trying to get this this just the easy way out. You're just gonna say something wrong with you. So in right. that, man, I, I also would say I commend you for wanted to change for not only yourself, but for your kids and just seeing how you're able to communicate now. That's a, that's an amazing thing. That's a step in the right direction. You know, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, every day is tough, man. I'm, I'm not even going to lie and say, I don't still have suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, um, I think, uh, I think it was probably started with the concussions and after the concussions, not dealing with my mental health mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You gotta understand being a grown man, you can't remember where your wallet is sometimes. You can't remember how you got to a place. You can't remember your daughter's name sometimes. You, you get your daughters confused. Um, a lot of things that are distractive to your well-being, just just your knowledge. Because think about if you wake up tomorrow and try to look for a pair of shoes that you know you had and you can't find them, it's going to mess your day up. Even though you knew you had them, like in your mind, you know you had those shoes right there. Mm-hmm. And, and then you know you might find them someplace else or you might not find them at all or you might have never had them. 
and your mind will play tricks on you a lot. So it's a lot of stuff that you got to deal with. You also can't beat yourself up. I think the big thing that we do, I, and I've talked to a lot of people uh, through a, through a DMs, through a text message, through just being in treatment. Like, and when I say treatment, like I said, it's more mental health. You know, like I go to a place called APN in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've been three times in the last two years. And um, it talks a lot about DBT, CBT. It talks a lot about the mental aspect of letting stuff go, the mental aspect of understanding that everyone is an individual, even from your parents to your kids, like we're human. Right. And we forget, I think we leave that out sometimes. When you see somebody being a dictatorship type thing, or you see somebody being a controlling type thing, or you see somebody being in a nonchalant type way, everybody has their own mentality. Everybody has their own feelings. You know, it's, it's always, it's never just about you. It's about that person and it's about you. Everyone has their own truths. The truth could be that person might hate a word you said and they might, they might incorporate you with it or they might like, might not like the shoe. You know, they might've got beat by a shoe when they was kid and now they hate those kind of shoes. So there's so many stuff that, that we don't look at when we, we, we see people because we, we think a lot, I, I think a lot of times we think that people have the same mindset that we have. Right. You definitely you know, right. Yeah, you see how so many people try to push their religion on you or push their thoughts or their values on you. And that's really not how you supposed to live life. And that's really not how you got to view people when you see them. Like a lot of times we judge people because they're different. And I think the world now is definitely changing when it comes to the difference of people. I think it's a lot. If you have a confidence in yourself, I think you can explore it now. And I think you can definitely show it. Um, back when I was younger, it wasn't like that. You know, like um, my oldest daughter is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed kids. Uh, you know, so it's it's different now. You know, it's different now. Like back in the day, a lot of stuff was shunned on. You know, a lot of stuff that I guess you know people would be like, "Oh my God, I can't this, I can't this." You know, I think I think people are able to live now, and I think as as our kids grow and as people grow now, we're developing more as a nation. And, you know, like I said, just just don't even worry about people like that no more. And I think once you start incorporating that into your life, and, and when people say keep your circle small, I understand why now, because there's a lot of management going on if you got 50 people to worry about. <laughs> if you got like three or four people that you really care about and three or four people that really can uh, give you a, some insight on your life to give you or move you forward, there's a big difference between having a lot of yes people to tell you, yeah, that's good, yeah, that's good, you know. Yeah, like the people that can tell you the truth are the people that should stick by your side and people that you should trust the most. Definitely, man. That's that's amazing, bro. Uh, to see that because I feel like now me being such a young person, I learned that because you see so many people do things or like do stuff off the strength of what people tell them. So, ended yeah. up say, you know, um, so how has your approach like? How would you approach someone that's saying like a, a high school or college or NFL player when it comes to getting concussions? And things of that nature. Uh, first of all, I would tell them not to play, not to play scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, because honestly, a concussion is something that you can get from a car crash. You can get that from falling down in the house. And I know we're more, we're more, I guess, viable to get to it because we hit more. But I would tell them if you play hard mm-hmm. all the time and you prepare yourself. And also, I'm talking prepare yourself for concussion. So if you get a concussion, you know when to get off the field. Right. Or, like, just, just be very prepared. If this happens, get off the field. Don't don't take it as a prideful thing. Don't take it as, you know, you're wrong. Don't take it as this. Just take it as I'm being healthy now. Because a lot of times, 
I know when I had concussions, I stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. Because it was more of like, I don't want to lose my position. I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to do this. At the end of the day, your teammates are still going to be there, and people can respect that you want to guard your mind and you want to guard your your family and your livelihood after the fact. I, I can honestly say my my intermediate family and my real close friends have been diehard for me through these last six or seven years because before, I mean, I can't remember a lot of stuff I did, but I did a lot of negative stuff to people that I truly love. And if I could change a lot of stuff that I've done to people, I really would. I can't now. All I can do is try to manage and I can try to adjust to life now. Like people say you got to change. You don't literally have to change. Anything you do in life is not a change. It's an adjustment. Because if if you're that person, the adjustment won't feel like a change. As long as you have your same morals, same values and stuff like that, it's all it's all about adjusting to life. You know, like from high school to college, from college to living real life, you know, you got to adjust. If you got one kid, you got two kids, you got three kids, it's all about adjustments in life. It's nothing about changing. Like everybody said, oh, I'm so glad to see you change. I said, I haven't changed a day in my life. I changed clothes, but I, I just have to adjust. When stuff come up, you got to make adjustments. Now, you can try to change yourself, and trying to change yourself is literally going completely opposite of what you feel or what you really want to do. And I think a lot of changes come from peer pressure. Like if somebody tell you like, oh, well, you need to do this to do this, that's changing yourself. Because you feel a certain way about something you're doing and you're confident in it, that's not change. That's just adjusting. Sometimes you have to adjust to meet your needs. Sometimes you have to adjust to to live on in a, in a, in a good manner in your mind and in your head. Definitely. I like that, man. So in that, I'll also say, man, um, with you being a game changer that you was in the game, and I've seen you, man. I grew up in – I didn't like the Falcons, but because of you playing for them, I liked them. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and the crazy thing is, you know, with that happening, you being that force on the defense, what would it mean to you to be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame? Uh, I actually told somebody this uh, last night. I said, I can die now. Mm-hmm. And and she was like, what you mean? I was like, I can die now. I was like, being in the Hall of Fame for me – it's probably because I, I don't I don't really celebrate any other awards I get. Like I, I made Pro Bowls, I've been inducted into the University of South Carolina Hall of Fame, the Senior Bowl, but that wasn't that wasn't my job. Mm-hmm. What I did for my career was the NFL, and if I can get in the NFL Hall of Fame, I'm good. I, I think I I met all the things I wanted to do in life, and that's something that can literally live on forever not saying the college stuff can't not saying all the other stuff can't but nfl was the the pinnacle of what i did for my in my life and if i can make the hall of fame in that it's almost like if you want to if you're running a business you want to be your own ceo you want to be the you want to be the top guy you want to be the boss when you make it to the boss like for the, for me to make it to that would be it'll be astonishing like like i i think that would be the only thing that i would superly be proud of and not saying i'm not proud of any other awards but you got to understand, like, I know the awards came from me going to the NFL. Because I think the college stuff I got, the University of South Carolina things, if I would have never made it to the NFL and got the opportunity to put the numbers up I put in the NFL, I think a lot of stuff that happened in my past would have never happened. So that would be, yeah, that, that would be good for me. Like, for me personally, that, that would be the pinnacle of my life, like, period blank. Because most people know me as a football player, they don't know me as a person. Mm-hmm. So for me, that'd be beautiful, and also it'd be something my kids can literally talk about forever. Got you. And in that, man, you know, uh, with what your mom instilled in you, you know, me coming from a single parent home, you coming from a single parent home, 
what are some of those traits that you now help you being a black father? I can I can honestly tell you, man, and I'm not trying to take anything from my mom. Mm-hmm. The best thing I got from my mom was not to be like her. Like my mom worked so hard, she didn't have time to really love us like that. And but I understand why. You know, she was she wasn't very affectionate. So for me, I'm trying I try to be affectionate to my kids, even though sometimes I still feel uncomfortable because I you know, I didn't have the same thing at home, but I try to come to all their games. I try to pick them up as much as I can. I try to I try to make them feel loved without loving them. Like, you know, doing things that, you know, I don't always be around. I don't always, but when I'm around, I try to show up at real events. I try to hug them. I tell them I love them. I, I you know, you buy them things. You do certain things that keep their mind, you know, knowing that, you know, Yeah, that's my phone. Somebody, somebody, somebody called my phone. Oh, okay. It's cool, man. My bad. My bad. <laughs> you good. But uh, just seeing you today, man, and going out and uh, going to your, your daughter's game, that's an amazing thing to do. You know, that that's an amazing thing. I think, like, just even taking time out to do this is, is means a lot to me. You know, uh, with you being the player that you were and just the person you are uh, is an amazing thing. But – before we do close, man, I would also like to ask, what do, what would you like to be remembered for, man, as a man and also as a football player, once it's all said and done? I can honestly, uh, I read the question last night, and I was like, you know what? I will be proud. It's only a few people I care remember me, and uh, that's my kids. Gotcha. And, and I can honestly be, like, I, I literally sat there and thought about, like, what I want to remember for, and, and I was, you know, some people like, I like, I don't really care if my name's on the building. I don't really care if my name's here or there. I'm like, I got three daughters. I got 21-year-old, 14, and six. I said, well, they remember me. And I said, the only way I can leave that memory with them is being around them and doing things that I'm doing now. And I think football is a beautiful thing, but it took me away from a lot of stuff I missed in my kid's life. And when I leave this earth, I really don't care if nobody else don't talk about me. I Like, honestly, if the three girls that I made, the, the real thing I made in life, like the honestly the real thing I made, you can say I help these people with this or this. Is, and I have a lot of friends. If they don't ever speak on me again, that's fine. But if my kids never say anything about me, that'll be hurtful. So when I leave this earth, I hope that this little girl over here, mm-hmm. I hope my, my other two older girls, I hope the first thing they can talk about is like, my dad was this and my dad was that. You know, compared to not having anything to talk about, like, because I know my father, I, I don't really have a lot to say about him. I mean, I can I can talk about what people said, but I can't have, I don't have good memories. I don't have the memories of, yeah, me and him doing this or me and him doing that. Like, that's the kind of thing that I want to leave. I, 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 like, I really thought about it, man. I was like, do I want to leave? I don't care about, like, if anybody talks about the NFL when I played, I don't care about it. And like, like, literally, with my kids, speak upon me at all like you know that'd be the worst thing if you know kind of like how me and you might speak on our dad we probably like yeah you know he wasn't really there that's it that's kind of all that's kind of all you're gonna get like yeah i might look like him i don't know who do you act like i don't know i probably like him i like like her you know i want my kids to be like yeah my dad was this my dad was that my dad they can they can talk all about my nfl but mostly i want them to talk my dad was just always at my games. My dad was always there for Christmas. My dad was there for Thanksgiving. My dad, you know, 
he might have missed this, but he made it up this way. You know, that that's the kind of thing I want to leave. Like that that's probably my biggest thing now. And like being away from football, you know, I don't care about all the business stuff. I don't care about all the football. I don't care about the gifts and everything. I, like like they were my gift and I wasn't there. So and so that's big for me right now. I like that, man. I like that. Like you said, I grew up without my dad. So just yeah. even now trying to mend up a relationship, it kinda my wife looking at me like, Hey, you know, how's I'm like, look, I'm fine. <laughs> Look, when we have children, just know I'm gonna be there. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna I'm gonna be present. Uh exactly. like that's a real thing. And I hate that a lot of black males like us go through that. Uh no, but no, we, no. definitely, man. But before we do close, man, um, I would say, uh, how was your time as an Atlanta Falcon, man? If you can remember any, how was your time, man? Uh best time of my life. Gotcha. Like there's there, um from 06 to 2012 yes, literally was the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. And I say that because when I got drafted, I got drafted to New York. Mm-hmm. And not saying New York wasn't good, but I'm a southern boy. And getting drafted to a team that you really didn't want to go to, but you get an opportunity to play football, so that's good. And then I got a different coach than I had when I first got there. Mm-hmm. So that was that was awkward. So I had a Zeno change, but when I got to Atlanta, I got closer to home. I'm from South Carolina. The owner was a different type owner. The coach I finally got was a different type coach. I was able to see family more. I was able to travel from South Carolina to Atlanta way better, man. And just the the aura of the people in Atlanta back then. I'm not saying it's changed now, but you know they're not really winning and stuff, and it's kind of up and down. Right. It, it, it was amazing, man. And the building I'm in, I'm still in now. At one point, you know, Ti used to live here. Jeezy, BMF was in this building. It was like everybody. I, so this, this is back in the day. So this is back in the day. So when I came to Atlanta, uh, and also they gave me a six year deal for forty five million. So. Back then, that was like huge money. You know, now it's kind of like, uh, you know, it was all right. But, you know, a lot, a lot of things change because you found that stability in life. So mm-hmm. being in Atlanta, and I definitely made some mistakes while I was here. Made a lot of mistakes, a lot of um, bad judgment calls. But I can say it was a, it was probably the pinnacle of my life. And I, and I can I can honestly say 06, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, probably mm-hmm. the pinnacle of my life. That's probably the only time I really felt like I was stable. It with, with, with a lot of instability instability around me. Mm-hmm. I think that that was the most I ever felt like just at home. Like I'm here now. I still live in Atlanta. It don't feel like home like it used to be because you know you're older now and you know. But I still have my kids here. But it's still it's still it's still home. I just don't really do as much as I used to. So Atlanta was definitely a beautiful place to be, and it still is now. Got you. That's amazing, man. And also, bro, I'm here, man. Uh, you ever need anything or want to have an in-person conversation? My studio here, man. You welcome. And uh, I wish I knew that before. I would have been like, man, you can come to the studio, man. But uh, definitely uh, look forward to building a network with you and seeing you grow and just seeing you be the person you are. Uh, yeah, bro, I, ain't, I ain't really growing. I'm getting older, boss. I got you. I'm 44. I'll be 45 in a little while. So, uh-huh. it's okay, yeah. That's all right, man. That's all right. So, do you have any questions for me before we close up? Uh, how do you feel about Atlanta this year? Well, just Atlanta, period. I mean, you know, because I don't know. 
exactly mm-hmm. how you feel about Atlanta. Because you say you're here, but how do you feel about Atlanta? Like, I guess you could talk about the football team, but also because now we have so much more media and we see how bad Atlanta is getting. You know, like, every time I look at that ATL censored or uncensored, I'd be like, Lord, it's getting crazy out here. So how do you feel about Atlanta now, I guess, compared to when you were younger? And also, I guess you can talk about the football team, too. Yeah, so, man, I uh, being from Port Valley, Georgia, so I'm from South Georgia, and uh, coming up here from time to time to see my auntie and my family that's in Atlanta and going to Clark Atlanta University, uh, it just was an amazing experience during those times. But Atlanta now living here, I just get tired of seeing the bad news. It gets tired of kids killing kids. It really it bothers me. I was on the I was on a podcast episode with the head coach of Langston Hughes. They won the state championship, and we talking about all the highs and stuff. And then I had to ask that question, you know, about violence and like what are you doing to kind of hit that and kind of make those changes. And my thing that gets me is I want to see change and get Atlanta back to what it was before. You know, especially being a black mecca and there's so many great black people here. Uh, but as far as the Falcons, man. I never fully been a fan, other than when you were playing, Mike Vick was playing. Like I was definitely like, yeah, they're my people, man. Like when my cousin see this, man, he gonna be like, man, you interview John Abraham is lit. You know, the family very, very much love you. But as far as the team now, I feel like they got a lot of work to do. Uh, I feel like they got a lot of improving to do. But just off of the strength of what you done, those teams that you was on, I still live on with that. You know, and just being able to interview meant a lot. So I just want to see, you know, Atlanta get better, man, as far as the violence and different things like that. So that my kids, if they grow up here, they fortunate to grow up here, it'd be a better place. So that's oh, all. That's, that's, up, man. That's, uh, that's, that's the most sensible thing to, uh, to say. I, I think it's going to be tough to, to change and get like back how it used to be. Definitely. Because, uh, you know, how everything's growing, like gangs are growing, uh, People want to be stars are growing, you know, so it's so much different things now. And and it's just crazy. Cause I know when I go to, uh, even at the game, I got my daughter game. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the game. I'm trying to relax. I'm thinking like, I might like, why do I think I feel like I need to have a gun here? I'm just at a game. And, you know, I hate that, but you know, they have, they have metal detectors and now like, you go to games and stuff. But like in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, why do I, why do I, why do I feel uncomfortable? And you know, as, as a rational young man, we shouldn't, in our minds, we shouldn't want to have to go to a sports event or go to a certain thing and thinking like, am I protected? You know what I mean? Or am, am I safe here? And, and, and it's just sad that I don't think it's going to get any better, man. I, I mean, you know, you pray and you try to save as many people as you can and you try to, you know, get, get to the younger people and stuff like that. But, you know, it's tough, man. It's tough with the social media and so much stuff that are validating the things that we are trying to, we're trying to negotiate away from. So it's, it's tough, bro. It definitely is, man. And with my wife being an educator, she have a story every day about these kids. So I just be like, bro, what they did? What did they? You know, so that's why I keep doing this podcast and keep doing stuff like that. Because at least somebody sees it and says, oh, dang, you can do that? I can do that? You know, yeah. so that's a step in the right direction for me. Bro. Thank you for the day, brother. Get back to your What's day, up, man. And uh, I look forward to keep building the network, bro. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon. All right, man. Appreciate everything, bro. All right, man.